Glory to God. We are still on growing into maturity in the Lord. There's a difference between independence and non-dependence. There's a difference between independence and non-dependence. Most of the time, when people come into maturity, they become independent. But the tragedy is when people become independent, when they have not yet been non-dependent. Maturity is a function of knowledge. It's not as, as, as much a state of mind or a decision. When you want to know someone who is mature, you know it in the mind. Just as it's important for us to grow physically, not just grow with the body, but also grow in maturity in terms of the mind, it's also important that spiritually we grow. When you get born again, you are introduced to the Word of God. When you give your life to Christ, you are introduced to the Word of God. And a lot of people, after they give their life to Christ, they just want two things to work. When they pray, God should answer. That's the first one. God becomes a genie. God, can't you see? God, do it now. Do it now, Lord. And it becomes a problem because just like in every house, when you start and you're with your parents, Mommy, I want to eat this. Daddy, I want to eat that. And they, they get it for you. And I, it's even a joy to get something for a child when he says he wants it. Mommy, I want Cerelac. You're in a hurry to buy Cerelac for the child. But let the child start growing. 24 years. Mommy, I'll eat the love. It's the back of the hand they used to slap you. So, the growth is... But, you see, the advantage of growth is that your life is not in anybody's hand. You see, the happenings around you are not in anybody's hand. A child who is maybe, say, two years, three years old, when there's a fire outbreak in a house, he's at the mercy of who can help him or her. But when you are mature, you have options. Once the fire starts from there, if the child is small, the child, if, let's say the child is not even walking, when the fire starts, the child will cry. Someone help me. Someone help me. If there's someone to help him, good. If there's no one to help him, he will just be wallowing there and can't do nothing about it. But when you are mature and you've grown, once you see the fire, you may start smelling something. You just go close. Ah, fire is about to start or something. Then you escape from it. So it's so important. The same way it is important that you grow physically in your mind and mature in your body. It's so, so important to mature spiritually. People don't give a lot of attention to maturing spiritually after they are born again. All right, God, I'm born again. Can we go to heaven now? You know? But after you give your life to Christ, there's, there's a life in the kingdom. There's a maturity that is expected of you. You see? There's a, there's a maturity that is expected of you. There's a maturity that is expected of you in the word of God. And I, I talked about it. The first one was, as newborn babes in Christ, desire the sincere milk of the Lord that may grow thereby. That means it's the word of God that we eat that makes us grow. Just like in the physical, as we eat food, we grow. So spiritually, when we eat, we grow. So we've been looking at some of the things that constitute spiritual maturity. So over the weeks, we've been treating this topic, and it's been a blessing. I mean, 
This is where God wants to, us to be. This is where God wants us to be. That's the, the, the things that God wants us to see. So that our spiritual life is not at the mercy of... You know, when you are, you're a baby Christian and you're, you're not grown yet, you pray certain prayers. You know, you think everything's about God do something for me. God do that for me. God do this for me. And I dare say that many churches are filled with that. God do this for me. God do that for me. Let us pray that God will do this. Let us pray that God will do that. But really, when you start growing, that's not the reason. You see, that's not the reason. Oh, we are all not perfect. Oh, we are all bad. Oh, we are all this. Oh, we are all sinners. These are errors. These are errors. And it's a slap on the face of Jesus Christ to say a Christian is a sinner. No, think about it. You ask somebody, why did Jesus come? He says, to take away our sins. All right, so did he do it? Yes. Are you a sinner? Yes. Doesn't make any sense. Oh, the Bible says, for all have sinned. Okay, so why did Jesus come? To take away our sin. So are you still a sinner? Yes. Then Jesus didn't have to come. No, he had to come. You know, so it's... Why did Jesus come? To take away our sin. So are you a sinner? I was... And even to say, I was a sinner, let's go up now. Even to say, I was a sinner, once I was a sinner, saved by grace, once I was a sinner. At the baby level of Christianity, it's accepted. When you mature, it's not accepted to say that again. Oh, pastor, please, we have to say the truth in church. It's true, I was a sinner, I was really bad. and I was, You know, when we say those things, like sometimes we go to evangelical meetings and we have to share some of those testimonies and how we're bad. Because, you see, you, when you're talking to a child, all right, these people are, they don't know, probably don't know much about God, so you have to come from somewhere. You can't start um, teaching a class one child mathematics from algebra and calculus. When you start talking to a child, you know, is that the language you speak? No, that's the language you speak, but for the sake of the child, ata, 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 ata. You know that this other that you are saying, you cannot go and stand in any office and say, they, they, they ask you a question. So, in, interview in the office. How long have you been in school? Atta, atta. They know that you are not the right person for the job. It's not normal language. But you find yourself saying all sorts of things when you are with a child, which you ordinarily not say when you are alone. And the child will maybe say, eh, just say, you see, you find yourself doing a lot of things that are not normal with you. But because of the child, you have to even sometimes tone down the language. When you are spoken to children who are making grammatical errors, and you try to even make errors so that they can understand you. For the sake of the child. You see, so sometimes we come and we say, yes, I was a sinner, and I've been saved by grace. Then everybody was like, wow. When, I, when you see that, I'm saying it, that means I perceive that the majority of the people there are now growing because it is not true. Okay, let me put it this way. It is true, but it is not the truth. Because if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. All things are become new. The word new over there is not, you know, sometimes... There are different words for new. Like sometimes somebody can call a refurbished new. Something has been refurbished. They say, oh, this, this is new, but it's been refurbished. The word new over there means totally new. 
It's like, it's like never existed before. It never existed before. And that is how God sees the new creation. So when you, when you say, and, and God said, there are sins I will remember no more. So God has no record of what you were doing before you gave your life to Christ. The record is not there. So when you start saying it, so God, I was bad. God says, when? There's no record. Let me show you something. Are you ready? Yeah, let me show you something. Paul said something. Book of Romans. Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. Let's start from 16. He says, Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, the servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or obedience unto righteousness. Continue. But God be thanked that ye were servants of sin. Now, now, notice what he's saying, Paul is saying now. He says, God be thanked that, uh, that ye were servants of sin. Now, everything he's saying here is relatable. Everything is relatable. Okay, ye were servants of sin. True. But ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. Verse 18. Being then made free. Now, look at it. He says, being then made free from sin. Ye became the servants of righteousness. Now, this looks perfect, like a perfect message. I mean, that's what we all know, that ye became, you know, um, then you were made free from sin. Ye became the servants of righteousness. You were made free from sin and became the servants of righteousness. Now, check what he says in verse 19. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. He's saying, even me saying that you became free from sin and became servants of righteousness, I am talking as a man because, give me the NIV, you'll, you'll understand that better. That means in spiritual truth, the reasons of spiritual truth, it's not the truth. But he's trying to explain something to them. Because definitely before you can take a child to study calculus, you have to go through one plus one. So he's saying, um, you are the NIV. He said, I put this in human terms because you are weak in your natural selves. I put this in human terms. Uh, he's putting this language in because if he starts talking in spiritual terms, it is wrong to say you were made free from sin. Maturity. When you grow, there are some things, you know, there are some things God can discuss with you now that you're not mature. Like God can come and say, I have, uh, when you were a child, God can, God can come and tell you, I have made you free from fear. When you're a child, when you grow, God comes to tell you you are fear free. There are two different things. Paul said that he went to the third heavens. He said, and the things that he heard over there in the third heavens, he said, they are unlawful for men to utter. He said, it is, if you say them in this world, they arrest you. He said, when he went to heaven, what he heard the people speak. He said, it is unlawful for any man to utter. He said, he heard words. No, I mean, how does God talk? If you ever hear God talk, you'll be shocked. If God goes to a shop and God sees a shoe and he wants to buy the shoe, he will not... He will not say he wants to buy a shoe. He says the shoe is his and walks away. How do we know God's communication? We study Jesus. Because Jesus said, I'll not do anything. I'm not seeing my father do. So Jesus sees fig tree and he says, 
And Jesus answered the fig tree. When did the fig tree talk to him? That he answered the fig tree. Why? Because in the, in the place of the immortals, in the place of the spirits, we know that all things have intelligence. So, your bank account has been talking to you, you just don't know. Oh, no, how, pastor, please. Please, let's keep it to church. Every time Ecobank sends you a message that you have 0.00 in your account, your bank account is talking to you. You see, unlock for men to utter. There, there's a spiritual language, right? So we, the first thing that helps you to grow is, is feeding on the word of God. Feeding on the word of God. That's why you need the accurate teaching of God's word. Now, when we say the word of God, this is where people get it, the, 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 this is where the mistake comes in. Everybody, people think that everything you listen to is the word of God. Not everything in the Bible is the word of God. All right, let me help you with that. Not everything in the Bible is the word of God. There's a difference between the Bible and the Word of God. Why? Because in the Bible, we have the Word of God. We have the Word of man. We have the Word of the devil. We have the Word of angels. For example, what's the Word of an, of an angel? Gabriel was sent to Zechariah to deliver a message. When Zechariah did not believe, Gabriel now got angry. And said, I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God. Because he didn't believe, you will be dumb. It was not part of what God said. Are you getting it? That's the word of Gabriel. That's the word of an angel. So we cannot pick that as the word of God and say, anybody who doesn't believe will become dumb. No, that would be wrong. Because it's not the word of God. Because angels spoke in the Bible. Then, also another word of, of, of man, Elisha as a prophet, children came to laugh at him. He called bears and ate them up. Now, how do we know that God does not approve of that? Because when Jesus came, James and John said, um, he went to preach somewhere they did not accept. And James and John said, Master, call down fire. Like Elijah come and kill them. Like, you know, then Jesus said, you don't know the spirit that you are of. Because Jesus came to show us God. What Elisha did was not in God's perfect will, but because he was standing in a place as a prophet, the office of the prophet honored what he said. But that was not the character of God. It did not show the character of God. It was not God who sent the, the bears because he was in an office as a prophet of the nation and the children was laughing at him. Now, another time, Elisha, you can see that Elisha was a hot-tempered guy. He had very bad temper because Gehazi went to take money. It was not part. God didn't say he should curse Gehazi. He said, Gehazi, because you have taken the money that I did not take, The leprosy of Naaman will come and rest upon you. Now, Elisha was so wicked that he didn't have anybody to transfer his anointing to. To the extent that the anointing was still on his bones when he died. One day they threw a dead man. When the dead man touched the bones of Elisha, the dead man came back to life. Why? Because he didn't transfer the anointing. He was so wicked. If you make one mistake, you don't make a mistake with Elisha. One time, the, 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 the king sent someone, the finance minister, economic minister of Israel to Elisha because the, the nation was in economic trouble, but Elisha was enjoying. When the man got to Elisha, Elisha said, Ah, this evil is of the Lord. 
Then Elisha immediately said, tomorrow by this time the economy will change. And the man said, oh, prophets of today, every time, line, line, line. He said, even if God, it can never happen. Then Elisha immediately started cursing the guy. <laughs> he said, tomorrow it will happen, but you will not see some of it. You see, so those are words of men. What's another word of man? Job! God giveth and God taketh. It is not God. God does not give and take. You are shocked. Yeah, I'm happy that you are shocked. The Bible says in the book of Romans, right, that the gifts and the callings of God are without repentance. That means when God gives something, he doesn't take it back. So Job said, God giveth and God taketh. When we go into the story, we realize that it's not God who took. It's the devil who took. And there's a word of devil in, in the Bible. So the Bible is not the word of God. There's the word of God in the Bible. So when you study the word of God, it's, you're supposed to find the word of God in the Bible. Not to read everything and say that is the word of God. No, you're supposed to look for the word of God in the Bible. It's when you feed on the word of God, when your mind is being renewed. You see, the Bible calls your spirit the inner man. The inner man. I'll show you a scripture. Go, go back to Romans. Or we are in Romans. Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. We'll start from verse 6. For these things sake, the wrath of God comes on the children of disobedience. Ye also once walked in those when you lived in them. But now you also put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and shameful speaking out of your mouth. Then he says, verse 9, he says, Don't lie to one another. Seeing, okay, let me use the King James since you are reading King James. Yeah. Lie not one to another, verse 9. Lie not one to another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds. You see, lie not one to another. He says, don't um, tell lies or don't do the wrong thing. He said, seeing that you have put off the old man with its deeds. That's why I say it, um, there's no record that you did it because it's called the old man. What you find yourself in Christ now is the new man. So he said, lie not one to another, seeing that you have put off the old man with its deeds. So all the things that you are struggling with, he calls them the old man. When you, when you are... You are you're, um, trying to work on habits and you are dealing with habits, all right? Something that you, you were doing and you, you're trying to come out of. When you approach it as, I'm a sinner who is trying to be good, you will never be able to do it. Because Bible says that it was by the law that the knowledge of sin came. So when you got to know that I'm not supposed to do this, I'm not supposed to do that, the strength of sin came. The law is the strength of sin. So now you see yourself as, a wrong guy, I'm bad, and I'm trying to be good. When you do that, you always find yourself doing the wrong thing because it says, when the law came, sin revived and I died. So how do you see yourself? You accept what God says about you. You see, regardless of how you feel about it, you accept what God says about you because it's easier to accept you're a sinner than to, say, to accept that you're the righteousness of God. It's easier to accept you're a sinner. So when somebody comes, now I saw something on Twitter. One guy says, the best way to worship is that you know that God is holy and you are not. Wrong, flawed, it's not possible. 
It's not, God is holy and you are not. And that's how they, you see, the thing is humility. That's not humility, that's stupidity. Okay, so when the Bible says, wherefore holy brethren, what was he talking about? Wherefore holy brethren? Now you look at yourself, it's easier to agree with what that guy said on Twitter than to agree with the word of God because when the guy says, God is holy and we are not. And you look at yourself, truly, truly, the last phone call you made, it's not a holy call. It's shaking, eh? After hot prayers, Atajwa called you. Then lies, lies. You know, I've never spoken to any lady this week. Ah, and Atajwa believes you. So, verse 9. But God says you're holy. So, wherefore holy brethren? So, God starts giving you a new set of... Thinking. He says, think, you are thinking differently now. God is telling you to think differently now. God says, no, you, you are not um, uh, a sinner. You are not bad. He says that you are the righteousness of God. So you stand from the standpoint of, you start from the standpoint of, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's where you start from. Then you will now see that habit as a foreign thing trying to enter you. Because when you magnify the fact that you are the righteousness of God, that's what will have preeminence in your life. But when you try to fight sin, you have entered into religion. So it goes to verse 9 again. It says, Lie not one to another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds. Then he says, verse 10, And have put on the new man, and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge. Which is renewed in knowledge. Which is renewed in knowledge. That means, um, the word renewed, which is strengthened in knowledge. Your new man, for your new man to have proper ascendancy over, your, your, over the old man that he's talking about, or for the spirit to have proper ascendancy, the, the, the new man is talking about the spirit, because it's your spirit that got born again, because when you got born again, your ears did not change. It was still long. Your eyes did not change. Your nose did not change. It's your spirit that got born again. So it says that when knowledge comes to your spirit, the word of God comes to your spirit, your spirit begins to gain the ascendancy. Your spirit begins to grow. Then your flesh, you know, is, 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 is getting weaker and weaker. Your flesh becoming weaker and weaker, and the spirit is growing. Now, Bible says the spirit and the flesh, it said these two are contrary one to the, one to the other. So anytime your flesh is growing, your spirit is declining. Anytime your spirit is growing, your flesh is declining. Renewed in knowledge. So anytime you hear the word of God, your growth begins to come to you. You begin to grow. So we, we, we've dealt with that part of feeding on the word of God, which is the primary way of growing. Now, we moved to another phase last week where we talked about aligning with God. And Romans chapter 8 verse 14 says that as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. They are the sons of God. And I explained that a child of God is from a son of God. A child of God is one who has been born by God, a born-again Christian. That's a child of God. But for him to be called a son of God, heothesia, that, Greek word, that means he has to be raised. That means he has to have grown in the word of God. You see, he has to have grown in the word of God. At that time, he has now been raised by God. He's now a son. Now, this is a mature person now. And I said, the Christian awaited the manifestation of the sons of God, not of the children of God. Because the children of God might be babies. But the sons of God have been raised. 
When you become a son of God, he now begins to send you on errands. We'll come to that maybe next week. We'll come to a place of responsibility. But now we are dealing on how you know that you are, you are growing is that you are subscribing to the leadership of God. He says, as many as are led by the Spirit, one characteristic of those who are, who are sons of God is that they are led by the Spirit. They are led by the Spirit. Now, how does God lead us? Now, throughout the, the, the church of Jesus Christ, the body of Christ, people have gotten into things that they, were, they had no business getting into, and some of them thought that they were being led by God to get into it and... Uh, and you know, have shipwrecked their lives. Later said, I, I thought I heard God. I didn't hear God. What, what causes that? It's because most of the time, we, we put things, we put um, fleeces. Last week, I talked about fleeces. You remember? We put fleeces when we are not supposed to put them. And we are usually looking for the spectacular, so we miss the supernatural. We are looking for an angel to appear in our room. Have you ever wondered if God ever says that some of us should play God, we should be God for two days. You can't meet half of the world dead. I know, so I know that God is actually working on me to form more and more character of Christ. And I'm growing. Because as it stands, my heart is not good. As it stands, and like those who say, there's no God. One slap, you are dead. <laughs> no, God is very patient. God is very patient too. No, no, think about it. You are like me, right? Those who say there's no God, I would... <laughs> you are trying me. You are trying me. If God does that, everybody would die. You know what I discovered? God. God. When you say he's God, it doesn't move him. When you say he's not God, he's not there, it doesn't move him. You know why? He's a king. Job 33. Let's start from verse 11, Job 33. Say after me, say, I'm growing the word of God. Job 33. Job 33. He put at my feet in the stocks. He marketh all my paths. Now, at this time, Elihu is speaking. Elihu was in a conversation with Job and his friends and were speaking against God. And then Elihu said, he was a younger person, and he says, um, I thought age should speak and the multitude of years should speak wisdom. In other words, you have grown, but you don't have any sense. It's about there's a spirit in man. And the breath of the Almighty give it understanding. That means we don't use explanation to know God. <laughs> You don't use explanation to know God. You can never explain a spiritual reality. Because if someone can explain you into it, he can explain you out of it. He said there is a spirit in man. It is written. You see, you see God has to, he has to f- format you to know that he is there. Oh. The fact that you believe in God, there is no explanation. No. It's no argument. That this, this matter, it has left argument area. 
We don't use explanation to know God. God it's, like, it's like a robot. When you make a robot, eh, and you want the ro- robot to recognize you, you have to install certain things so that the robot will know that you are the maker. If you don't put it inside, the robot can say, you are not a my maker, but you are the maker. You have to install it. He said there's a spirit in man. It is the breath. If God doesn't breathe, because we were not at the cross, yet the Holy Ghost witnessed the cross to us. It, it looks, even Paul said it is the foolishness of preaching. Like, he said it is foolish to preach that a cross and all of us are saved. But we believe it. One of the exegesis of Constantine in history was that he realized that put one Christian in a village, go and come back after two years, the whole village has heard about Jesus. <laughs> so, Elihu is now explaining. He says he's explaining God, you see, because of the breath. He's talking about, he said, he has received the breath of the Almighty and it has given you understanding. He says, he put my feet in the stocks, he maketh all my paths. Verse 12, he said, behold, in this thou art not just. He's talking to Job. He said, behold, in this you are wrong. He said, Job, you are wrong. You are speaking against God. He said, I will answer thee that God is greater than man. Verse 13, he said, why does thou strive against him? For he giveth not account of any of his matters. That means God does not explain himself to anybody. You say he's there, he does not explain. You say he's not there, he does not explain. He said God is greater than man. He's not your, he's not your house boy. God, I'm giving you by Thursday. Excuse my... <laughs> Have you heard it before? I, I, I heard one lady say, I'm giving God by Sunday, yeah? God is very patient, I tell you. It's like a little child who says, you will see what I'll do to you. You look at her. If you don't leave my face. <laughs> God is very patient, I tell you. Because even some of us, by the time God comes back to the throne, if he gives us one week of God, by the time he comes back to the throne, the world is left with half of people. Before you say, I'm an atheist, you say, eh, you are dead. <laughs> uh, give it not account of any of his matters. He does not explain himself to anybody. He's a king. So some say, God is slow. Some say, God is slow. The devil is fast. Because the devil is a houseboy. He's fast. God is a king. He takes his time. The devil is in a hurry. He, 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 he. You catch somebody. Hey, demon. He has, to, he has to work hard because the time is short. <laughs> but God takes his time. You say this. You can't force God to move. When you're a child, you think you can, you can use God. You can't force God to move. I remember when I started preaching the gospel. When I came back you know, from, from school and I started in the university, I went back to my JSS to go and preach. The first day I went to preach, wow, God moved everywhere. People falling under the power. I took a book, blew on it, I gave it to somebody, oh, hell. hey, I said, hey, I've started ministry. <laughs> I said, hey, the ministry has moved to a permanent venue. People started going under the power. People were interpreting tongues. Some were singing, they were crying. I, I didn't even pray for people to receive the Holy Ghost. They started speaking in tongues all over the place. Oof. Two weeks after, I was supposed to go and preach in a rally. And I sent someone to go and tell them that they should, they should, be, they, they should be ready because what is coming? <laughs> a, a fresh fire. I sent someone to go and tell them that one, you, you don't know, you don't know about it. <laughs> so, 
They went to tell them. So the people were expecting me. Expecting me. Now, in my mind, I'm going to manipulate God to move again. The first one, I didn't know that it was God who wanted to move. So I am the object of usage. I now went there, started preaching, preaching, preaching. Ah, the place was dry. <laughs> Mind you, I prayed three times what I prayed at the, at the first one. I prayed more than the first one. The first one I prayed like say one hour. This one I prayed, did fasting, did many things. I got there. I preached, preached, preached. The people were not ah, dry, dry, dry. So I wanted to do the same thing I did. I, did. I picked book and blew on it. This one I took handkerchief. I said, you will see what will happen now. Come, lady, come. <laughs> and I stretched the handkerchief. I said, touch it now. You will see what will happen. She stood, she touched it, she was standing. <laughs> hey. And I said, the Greek word for what happened was a new word <laughs> Look, my face. My face. Hey! I've destroyed the ministry. I said, God, the lady was standing there. Now she had mercy on me. And she started moving up and down a little. <laughs> As she was moving up and down. I said, can you see? Can you see? Look, for the rest of the message, I was confused. <laughs> for the rest, I was confused. God is greater than man. It is easier to get God to do what he wants to do than to get God to do what you want to do. The leading of the Spirit. When you make God your boss, he will lead. He will guide. You see? He will lead you. He will guide you. He will tell you where to go, where not to go. Where to stand, where not to stand. You see? And that's the proof that you're growing. When you are a child, you want to use God to get things. When you start growing, you now start asking God, what would you have me do? You see? What do you want me to do? Where should I, where, where, where should I go? Now, when you study the scriptures, um, the leading of God, one of the, uh, the foundations you need to lay before you get to know the will of God. Now go to Romans chapter 12, quickly. Quickly, 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 quickly. Romans chapter 12. He says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not, look at this. He says, and be not conformed to this world. But be ye transformed by the renewal of your mind. Now remember what he says, the inner man is renewed by knowledge. He said, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that ye may prove what is good. So, now, it's not, you know some Christians say, God, prove, prove your word in my life. God, prove what is, uh, the, your will in my life. No, he says, when you renew your mind, you will be able to prove. What is he talking about? The, before you can know the will of God, you know some people, quick, quickly, I'm praying about the will of God. Before you can know the will of God, you have to first of all know that there is nothing God will say that he has, he, it does not have its bearing in the scriptures. God will never say something outside his word. So you need, first of all, know his will by his word. Let me give you an example. You're, you're dating a guy, right? You dated him for eight years. If you were doing master's life, you are finished. <laughs> 
<laughs> eight years. Then, after the eight years, he comes to tell you that he wants to get married to somebody else. Hey. <laughs> or see, hey. Now these things, they happen. What are, what are you talking about? May it never happen to you. Eight years. Okay. So, after he, uh, he dates the lady eight years and gets married. Look, after he gets married, number one, there's no prayer you pray against him that will work. Number two, never pray to see if it is God's will that you marry him. Immediately he got married, the will has willed. The will has ended. That is God's will. It, it is now God's will that you don't... Because I hear stories. There was a time a lady came to tell me that he, she suffered with a guy. She has done it. They have dated for so long. And now the guy is going to marry somebody else. But she had a dream. Sister, that is not God talking to you. The moment he got married, you take your slippers. <laughs> ten, ten, and because... At that point, whether that marriage is... Because I heard a story like that. That a lady now had a dream. And she now prayed that God, if it is your will, let this guy come back. So, two months later, the guy now came to tell her, I made a mistake by marrying that woman. Listen, listen, listen. Listen, you are about to be manipulated. He's married, let him go. You don't need to ask the will of God about it. it. The will of God is that what God has put together, let no man put asunder. Look, and I told them in the first service, look, don't chase somebody's husband. The Bible says God is the avenger. When it comes to somebody's marriage, when you enter, you God, God himself come, becomes the avenger. First Thessalonians, let me show you that scripture. Don't say I prayed. I prayed late, late. Wait, you didn't pray. Eh? I destroy everything. <laughs> First Thessalonians chapter 4. First Thessalonians chapter 4. Let's start from verse 4. That each of you should learn how to control his own body in a way that is holy and honorable. Verse 5. Not in passionate lust like the heathen who do not know God. And that in this matter, no one should wrong his brother or take advantage of him. The Lord will punish men for all such sins. As we have already told you and warned you. When you start from verse 1, he starts talking about, he says, don't defraud your brother in this matter. What's he saying? Don't take your brother's wife. I'm not talking about girlfriend here now. Because somebody say, Pastor say, they shouldn't take our girlfriend. <laughs> don't tell that guy to. As for girlfriend here, me, I don't know anything about it. Because sometimes... The person you are dating is not your husband. And the one who is now coming is not the husband. <laughs> I think I'm giving a prophetic word now. So you need to open your spirit. Not open your body, your spirit. Just hear from God. All right? But when it is somebody, the moment ring enters the matter, God is the avenger. Look, if you're a lady here and a married man drive to your hostel or drive to your house. You, you just tell him, Daddy. <laughs> 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 
The moment you say, Daddy, what destroy everything? Say, Daddy, I'm really sorry, but I fear God. Please go back to your wife. He said, Daddy, there are two types. Take the other one. Say, Daddy, please go back to your wife. Somebody's wife, somebody's husband. Stay away. God is the avenger. And when I say that, add this. Please, sir. Go to your wife. Then he will tell you, I wish I met you before. Hey, I beg you, I beg you, I beg you, I beg you. Hey, Cole. I wish I met you before I met my wife. The will of God, you don't have to pray, something like that, you don't even have to pray about it. The will of God is already there. The will of God. Don't pray, don't leave it alone. Don't wish, don't wish that their marriage will collapse so that he will come back to you. Are you thinking about the kids there? See, many of you, when, 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 when things happen, we think just about ourselves. But when you enter a marital home and you are, you are you say, oh, I'm just collecting the money, you know. No, you are, you are thinking about his kids. Because many of those men don't even take care of their children. They take care of their children. And they will take half of the salary and give it to you. And you say it's the grace of the Lord. It's not the grace of the Lord. The table is destroyed. No, no, somebody's husband there. Don't go there. If it, <laughs> no. 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 Okay, what if I don't know if he's married or not? I, I really didn't know that he was married. That's why I said. A married man, he has a wife. See, they are already, they've already been joined in holy matrimony. See, I would say the married bed should be undefiled. Fornication is bad, but adultery is worse. So, Ten Commandments, fornication didn't appear. Ten Commandments, fornication didn't appear. Adultery, that's what appeared. Because it's a serious matter. So, oh, all sins are the same. I'm the same as somebody who wants to tell a lie. Listen. Listen, not all sins are the same. All sins are not the same. No, I, I, all sins are not the same. You know what Jesus Christ said when he went, well, um, during the time of crucifixion? He said, who had the greater sin? That means sins are in levels. I couldn't really go into the topic, but lift your hand and thank the Lord. Bra de kovari masheta school.